0: because if we don't know what or where their confidence is taking a hit, it's hard to address it and it's hard to help them. So one thing that you can do if your teenager is open to it is get a baseline. This helps you to know a start point and most teens that I work with are pretty honest when I use a one to 10 scale. But with teenagers confidence, It ebbs and flows depending on the situation or the circumstances. You might have a child that's really confident in math and they feel like they're really dumb in language arts or whatever. So, a one to 10 scale is a fairly easy way to determine the areas that your child is already confident in versus those areas that just might require a little bit of extra work.
1: Welcome to the Empowered Parent Podcast with Renee. Being a teenager is hard. Being a parent of a teenager can be even harder. Each episode, we deliver tips, tools, tricks, and stories to help you feel empowered, confident, and energized as the parent of a teenager. Teenagers want to be happy. Sometimes they just need a little help along the way. Now, here's your host, Renee Sinning. Renee is a certified life, leadership, and success coach for teenagers and their parents. She's also a mom of three young adults and an experienced high school educator of 18 years. Renee is well-versed in everything teen. Now, without any further ado, here's Renee.
0: Hey parents, it's Renee Sinning, Teen Life Coach and Parent Partner. Welcome to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about a topic that is very prevalent among teenagers, and that is the obstacle and the challenges of dealing with low self-confidence and or low self-esteem. And in this episode, we're also gonna touch on micro-messaging and the impact that that has on teen self-confidence. So a question I have for you is, how confident is your teenager? Are you aware of how confident they are? Most teens struggle with self-confidence to some extent, and a lot of times we think our kiddos are fairly confident because that's how it appears on the outside. Well, teens are really, really, really good at showing people, including their parents, what they want them to see, as well as convincing themselves that things are, quote, just fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's good. Right, you've probably heard that. But the question is do we want our kids to be just fine? Like, is that good enough? So, assuming we all agree that teenagers deal with impact in their self esteem and self confidence at some point, the question or another question to ask yourself is do you ever wonder what it is that is really chipping away at their confidence? What, what are the messages that they're really telling themselves or that they're really internalizing? Because if we don't know what or where their confidence is taking a hit, it's hard to address it and it's hard to help them. So one thing that you can do if your teenager is open to it is get a baseline. This helps you to know a start point and most teens that I work with are pretty honest when I use a one to 10 scale. One thing I've noticed is that most teenagers, pretty much all teenagers, that I work with during our initial time together, their self-confidence and their self-esteem is rarely ever above a five. It's usually a three or four, which is kind of scary because if that's how they're living their day-to-day life, that's definitely not what we want. So something you could try right off the bat with your teenager Keeping in mind that they might not be completely honest with you. You're their mom or their dad and they might be embarrassed or whatever. So teens are not always forthcoming with their parents. So just keep that in mind. But with teenagers, confidence, it ebbs and flows depending on the situation or the circumstances. You might have a child that's really confident in math and they feel like they're really dumb in language arts or whatever. So a one to 10 scale is a fairly easy way to determine the areas that your child is already confident in versus those areas that just might require a little bit of extra work. And so some, and you know your kid best, so you'll know where to like, what topics to cover, but some common topics are academics. You could do academics as a whole. You could go through each course and do the one to 10 scale. You could do sports, depending on what sport they're in. For example, my girls were swimmers, and so I know they were confident swimming some strokes, but other strokes, we really had to do some mindset work. Extracurricular activities, are they involved? Are they not involved? Would they like to be involved? Why or why not? How confident are they in getting involved? Or if they're already part of a club or whatever, how are they showing up to that? Right, Because some kids join things, but they're still really uncomfortable doing them, and so they don't really participate. How confident are they with their current friend group and or making new friends? They might have friends, but they might feel like kind of the oddball out. Like that happens. You could have a friend group, and you feel like you're kind of the outcast of the group. So where do they fit in? How confident are they with their friends? Or if they don't have friends, how confident are they making new friends? How confident are they trying out for new sports or activities using their voice? Whether it's talking to a teacher or a coach or a um, club sponsor or your parents, how confident are they asking for the things they need? And and where do they fall in different relationships? For like with you, with mom, with dad, with siblings, with whatever their person A and whatever. I mean, you can use this scale everywhere, and it gives you a really solid baseline if your teenager is willing to be open. And that gives you a starting point. Then once you kind of know the areas that they're struggling or have some obstacles, then we put on our detective hat and we start digging into the why. But first let's talk about micro messaging, micro messaging. So as a side note, I used to watch Dr. Phil's. He happened to be on TV right when I got home from teaching. So it was kind of my decompression before I was doing the swim car pull when my girls were in high school. And I bring this up because one thing that he said that really stuck with me was something to the effect of, it takes 20 attaboys to undo one, you are not enough. And so in other words, if someone says something just one time to your child that makes them feel less it can take a whole lot of you are awesome type of comments to undo that one negative message because we just were we are our own worst critics. I think everybody knows that. And so if someone says, "Oh, um your maybe your kids playing basketball and someone says, you know, why didn't you make that shot? You you know, you should have made that shot or you never make sh- whatever that comment is, that's the one they're going to remember. Maybe they missed a three-pointer and then they go and they make a bunch of them, well, they're going to remember that one that they missed and those comments that were made. It just takes 20 attaboys to undo one, you are not enough. And so the micro messaging that's coming at teenagers from every direction really can have an impact on their self-esteem and it can really take a hit and affect their confidence and affect how they show up in so many different situations. I'm going to share with you like some micro messaging I got from my childhood and how impact, and this is just an example of how impactful it is. First of all, I know how lucky I am. I grew up with one sister and two parents who loved us, but even growing up in a, in a pretty calm, you know, normal household, no major, major issues. I still remember clearly the micro messaging I received. So my micro message number one was the dumb one. Did my parents ever call me dumb? No, of course they didn't. But my sister, who's two and a half years younger than me and who I love dearly, wasn't allowed to get C's, right? But I was. Now, back then, it was great. I was allowed to get C's. But why was I allowed to get C's and she wasn't? Because the messaging, the micro messaging that was never verbalized was that she was the smart one. She was also the one that got picked for the gifted programs. Why? Because she was the, quote, smart one. So the micro messaging that she was a smart one came from both the schools and from my parents. And again, no one called me the dumb one. Of course they didn't. And I didn't even call myself that, at least not consciously. But looking back, I realized that I definitely heard that message loud and clear that there were certain classes I couldn't take or no wonder I didn't do well in certain courses because I wasn't the smart one. So that was one. Number two, the messy one. That's not really a big deal, but still, but my, my sister was the neat one. She saved her money, she kept her room clean, and I always heard that. So not me, I was the messy and impulsive one. So it was just a micro message. And the other one was the not affectionate one. And I actually remember as a young girl, my mom saying, like, why can't you be more like your sister as she was snuggling, my sister was snuggling with my mom on the couch. Now, looking back, I think that came more from a need of my mother than it was about me. But still, what was the message? I guess that made me the not affectionate one. And here I thought I was just kind of being misindependent. So none of that was given, none of those messages were given in any way to be mean, they weren't, I don't think, conscious for my parents. They were just micro-messages that did affect the way that I grew up. So you get the idea. Over time, as I got older and started dealing with stuff, as we all do, as well in learning more about life and things, I was able to look back at some of these micro-messages from another perspective, and it, and it made things make sense. Oh, no wonder I showed up that way, because I was the not affectionate one. I was the, um, not the smart one, et cetera. And you know, as a as a child, and as a teenager, and really well into my twenties, I was really shy. And so now I kind of wonder: was that just a personality trait? Was that something I was kind of born with, or was it because some of the micro messaging I received very, very early on? So who knows? The great news is that kids are so resilient, and when we as parents are able to recognize the micro messaging that we may be giving our kiddos, or are still giving them, we can change that. You know, it might take some undoing, according to Dr. Phil, but it can be undone. And especially when we have that baseline and we know where to start, it's helpful to look at the messaging we might be imparting on our child in that area. Again, teenagers are so resilient and they're very forgiving. So areas they're already confident in, I'd say do more of that if possible. If your child is really artistic, Put them in some art classes. If they're more sports oriented, see if you can find some camps or get them a coach. If you can get them even a private sports coach, if you can afford that. Anything to kind of boost their confidence in the areas that they might need a little bit more, a little bit more push and a little bit more, uh, you know, help and support. Always look to catch them in the act so you can give their confidence or self-esteem a boost. And then the areas, again, that they lack self-confidence or have less, just dig deeper. Try to learn the exact obstacle. Often it's fear. A lot of times they're afraid what other people will think. They're afraid of making a mistake. They're afraid of failing. And one of the things we can always model with our kids is that, hey, we're not perfect. Our mistakes don't define us. We make mistakes. We own our mistakes. We move on. We remedy them. And then we make steps to make positive change. So my message to you, parents, is if you've given your teenager any micro-messaging that you'd like to undo, go for it. Give yourself grace. Don't beat yourself up. Just go for it. It's never too late to build and rebuild relationships or to strengthen and re-strengthen connections because the truth is our kids are receiving micro-messaging from everywhere, from parents, teachers, friends, peers that aren't friends, as well as friends, from adults in leadership roles, such as sports coaches, if you have a coach and they make a comment to you, that can be like really take a big hit on their self-esteem and self-confidence. Sponsors, bosses, if they have a job. So it's, it's really no wonder that our teenagers struggle with confidence and self-esteem. So it's great when we can be cognizant of that. So again, a few things that you can do is look at any micro-messaging that you have or currently impose on your child. Give yourself grace and just work towards undoing those. Change the messaging from you're not enough in any area to things like, I support you, I'm here for you, I've got your back, I believe in you. Again, teenagers are forgiving and resilient. It's just going to take a lot of attaboys to undo some of that negative messaging. If your child is really struggling with low self-confidence, don't hesitate to get them help, whether that's through you or someone else. Otherwise, and so many adults are in this position is they're just carrying forward this negative messaging and thoughts and stories until one day as an adult they have to deal with it. Like it's going to come to the forefront at some point. So helping teens work through and unravel some of these messages and stories that result in low self-esteem and low self-confidence, this is probably the number one thing I work on with my teenagers in my life coaching business. I'm not a doctor or a medical professional, but I am an educator and a mom and a life coach. And I have just seen so many teenagers Look at themselves as if they're not enough, and so all the experience I have working with teenagers, all I want is for them to tap into their amazing awesomeness and not let the outside world chip away at who they are. And what a gift you can give your child to not have them go through their teenage years feeling like they're not enough. And even as you know, as parents, we we can tell our kids how awesome they are to what they're blue. We're blue in the face. But a lot of times, though, because of their lower self-esteem, they feel like we're just saying that because they're, we're their parents and we have to. So again, uh, this is all about. So that's it for this episode of the Empower Parent Podcast. I will see you next time. And as always, parents, give yourself grace. We do the best we can. So there's no judgment, no criticism. Just move forward, right? We can always do better and we're always going to make mistakes because we're not perfect and that's okay. See you next time.
1: Thanks for joining us this week on the Empowered Parent Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to head over to ReneeSinning.com to pick up some parenting freebies. And remember, teenagers want to be happy. Sometimes they just need a little help along the way.